On today's show, what are Dylan Brooks' chances at winning Defensive Player of the Year this season in the NBA with the Rockets' new and improved defense? Why Cam Whitmore was sent down to the G League and, and why Rockets fans need to take a chill pill with that whole situation? And also, Rockets-Pelicans preview with Alper and Shingun listed as questionable. Unfortunately, how will the Rockets need to adjust without their man in the middle? It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingun here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tari Eason. Here comes Tari. Oh! T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets free and available wherever you listen to your podcast, including YouTube. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash Locked on NBA and use code all lowercase Locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on your way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for being an everydayer. Thank you for making the show part of your day every single day. A lot to get to today. I want to start a little bit with a discussion prompted by a uh, shout out to a uh, Twitter user uh, Noodle Mantra, incredible name, uh, about Dylan Brooks and his chances at Defensive Player of the Year for the Rockets. Because I think it's an interesting discussion to be had and, and kind of an interesting narrative at play there. Also, Cam Whitmore being sent down to the G League. I know it's a couple days past on, on the news initially coming out, but I see a lot of Rockets fans kind of frustrated by the decision to send Cam to the, to the G League. So I kind of want to discuss it a little bit, some of the goals and what the Rockets are hoping to achieve with that decision and, and why this is the best thing for Cam right now in his career. And then lastly, want to get into a little Rockets Pels preview, uh, especially with the fact that Alper and Shingun listed as questionable for the game uh, with what's being listed as a left ankle injury. Uh, look, we're going to get into we're going to get into the, the LP injury stuff. However, I will give the caveat here right at the top. The other night after the Lakers game, LP looked fine. He wasn't hurt he wasn't limping he wasn't moving uncomfortably any of that which is why myself and none of the other reporters actually asked about LP and whether he was okay or, or the injury concern or whatever and frankly even if we had asked he would have just brushed it off and said I'm fine like players do that all the time you're not going to get a straight answer from them so it's unfortunate that you know it turns out that there was something going on but the other night we had no reason to believe that Al P was actually hurt, even though he did limp back to the Rockets locker room a little bit, but he was in good spirits. He was moving well, didn't look hurt whatsoever when we actually did his post-game interview. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, let's talk a little Dylan Brooks and 
the chances of him maybe being a DPOY candidate this season. Now, that might seem like a crazy uh, talking point to, to discuss, especially right here at the top of the show. But as it was pointed out and suggested to me, I actually think there might be some merit to this argument because the Memphis Grizzlies have largely been one of the NBA's best defenses the last few years with Dylan Brooks on the roster. And they've got now Jaron Jackson Jr. They've got Marcus Smart. They've got a couple of DPOY caliber players on their roster. And yet their defense has slipped all the way down to 13th. So they were third in the NBA in defense last season. They've slipped all the way to 13th. It's a small sample size. I get it. Point is, they've their defense has regressed a little bit without Dylan Brooks out there. Meanwhile, the Rockets have gone from the worst defense in the NBA, or 29th, whatever, basically the worst defense in the NBA, to being number nine in defense in the NBA. Shout out to Dylan Brooks wearing number nine. Uh, it's, it's like, it's kismet. Um, but legitimately... I think there's an argument there for how the addition of Dylan Brooks has elevated the Rockets defense to a point that they're actually a good, competent defensive team. And shout out to my guy Cosmo for crunching the numbers on on Twitter. But uh, these are the numbers of all the top offensive options when guarded by. Dylan Brooks, Franz Wagner, Franz Wagner went two of five from the floor. Victor Wembanyama went two of five. Steph Curry went one of five shooting from the floor. Keegan Murray was just two of five. And then LeBron James was two of six. So Dylan Brooks is absolutely clamping up whoever he's guarding for the Houston Rockets night in and night out. And he's a big part of why this team is currently sitting with an above 500 record and playing good basketball for the first time in almost three years. It's too early right now for this narrative to, to really start to take effect. The NBA hasn't even put out their DPOY uh, player ladder yet, which they do. Last year, they put it out on November 8th, I believe. It was like Tuesday, November 8th. So we should be nearing the point in time where the ladder should come out. I would expect it to come out early next week, Monday or Tuesday, somewhere around there. And based on how well the Rockets are playing, and as long as they don't suddenly regress massively in these next two games against the Pelicans and against the Nuggets on Sunday, if they're still competitive and if they win both of them or at least one of them moving forward and stay above 500 or at 500, I think there's a world where we see Dylan Brooks on that list as one of the prominent figures for DPOY this season because he's absolutely been an integral part an integral part of the Rockets defense and I do think there's potentially a world where he could finish as at least a finalist defensively if not actually be in the running for the award because if the Rockets are flirting with a top 10 defense if they push it and they actually make it to being like a top five defense I think you absolutely have to include Dylan Brooks in the DPOY player award race wow I don't know why my brain started to slow down on that list of words um so I, I'm curious, give me your thoughts. Do you think Dylan Brooks has a chance to be a DPOY finalist or a chance to even flat out win the award? Right now on FanDuel, he's listed at plus 16,000 to win the award. It's it's way too early on, and I know it's it's a lot harder for a guard or you know a wing to win the award than it is for a big man, but Marcus Smart won it just a couple seasons ago. And the Celtics were one of the top defenses in the uh, defenses in the entire NBA. And I think Dylan Brooks has maybe the the narrative push, it, especially 
if the Grizzlies continue to struggle the way that they have to start this season, then I think that narrative kind of helps push Dylan Brooks into the into the forefront of the DPOY conversation because, hey, why did the Grizzlies defense plummet? Eh, maybe it's because they pushed away their best perimeter defender in Dylan Brooks. With that, share your thoughts. Give me your thoughts on DPOI Dylan Brooks in the YouTube comments. But coming up, want to get into some discussions surrounding Cam Whitmore and, and, and why it's okay and why Rockets fans need to be okay or should be okay with him going down to the G League, as well as a quick preview for Rockets Pelicans with Alper and Shingun listed as questionable for the game. How will they need to adjust without LP in the middle? What can we expect from them without LP in the middle? middle. We're going to get to all of that and so much more in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Look, we spend a lot of time talking together. We get fired up on wins and losses, who's starting, who's sitting, whether or not Dylan Brooks is going to be able to win defensive player of the year. And we have a great connection here. So today we're going to get a little bit more personal because we just learned that you can actually get a one year supply of ED medications through Jace Medical, which means that you can bring on that extended travel trip, whatever, you know, maybe it's the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You are covered. You you don't have to worry about whether or not you'll be able to refill your prescriptions for Cialis, Viagra, or whatever else that you need to be able to take daily. And this is possible because of our friends over at Jace Medical. So go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medications. Remember to use promo code Locked On at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it in in stock. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel safe and secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off of your purchase. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. So the news came out a couple days ago because the, the Vipers G League season starts uh, Friday and the news came out a couple days ago that Cam Whitmore would be going down to join the Vipers along with the Rockets two-way players. And this was met with some resistance from Rockets fans. Now, this might be, you know, an, a, a vocal online majority, whatever, but I figured I would try to explain the reasoning for Cam Whitmore going down to the Vipers. First off, there's really not a spot in the rotation for him, and you might find yourself saying, but Jackson, Cam Whitmore would provide so much more to this team than Aaron Holiday, or he could give them a scoring punch off the bench and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, honestly, I, I thought I thought so too at first, especially when the Rockets were utilizing Reggie Bullock in the rotation and Reggie really wasn't producing anything of value. I was to the point where I said, hey, I would like to see Cam Whitmore get some minutes ahead of Reggie Bullock. Now, that ultimately didn't wind up happening, and it, to me, first off, I understand this was always kind of the plan for Cam Whitmore. In fact, I remember talking to uh, one of the Rockets assistant coaches back during training camp who is actually going to be spending some time with the G League Vipers because they had intentions of sending Cam down to the Vipers, basically. So the Rockets are not only sending Cam down to the Vipers, they're sending an assistant coach down there with him so that 
you know, understandably so that he can work on specific things so that he can continue to improve his game, work on his fundamentals, just kind of round out his game, refine his game and get to a place where he's a much better overall player and a much in a much better spot professionally than where he is right now. That's not to say that Cam doesn't have an immense amount of talent. He obviously does. But that's the thing about rookies and, and prospects is they come in and they are they are unfinished products. And it's not beneficial for Cam to ride the pine and sit on the Rockets bench and get no playing time or maybe he gets the occasional garbage time minutes or whatever. That's not beneficial. What is beneficial is getting 30, 35 plus minutes a night, playing with the Vipers, working on his game, getting actual live game reps and focusing on the things that he that the coaching staff wants him to clean up, which is they want him to become a better ball handler and they want him to focus on his passing. And they also want him to understand how to play his role within a system. So Cam is a guy who's been the guy for the majority of his career. And now the Rockets have drafted him and he's not going to be the guy on this team, at least not anytime soon, right? That LP is the guy. Jalen is the guy. Fred is the guy. Who, right, those are the guys that handle, that have the high usage rating, that handle the basketball. For Cam to be able to carve out a spot in this rotation down the line and to be able to get minutes on this Rockets team, he has to be able to slot into more of that kind of role player, 3 and D, stay in your lane type role, which means he has to play good, hard-nosed defense. He's got to be... You know, he's got to understand defensive concepts, how to rotate all those all those little things, defensive techniques. And then offensively, he needs to not do too much. He's he's got an ultimate green light. He's very trigger happy offensively when he's when he's in the game. And he has to understand that not every time he touches the ball can end in a shot for him. And there have been moments where we've seen him make the right read, make the right pass. But they're fewer, fewer and further between. So. For Cam to go down to the G League, I think it's more just about rounding him out as a player, getting him those in-game reps, and it's going to do a lot more for his development than it would to just have him sitting up at the NBA level with the team not getting any legitimate minutes. And again, there's just really not a spot for him in the rotation because first off, Aaron holiday is playing some incredible basketball and has stepped into the backup point guard spot seamlessly. And I think there's actually a legitimate argument to be made that even once a Thompson is healthy and returns to the lineup, which could actually knock on wood could actually be sooner rather than later because he's already out of his walking boot. And at least per Kelly Eco of the athletic, Amin Thompson is itching to get back on the court. So maybe it's possible that the grade two, Ankle sprain wasn't as bad as initially reported. And Amin Thompson could be back out there as soon as a couple weeks from now. So here's hoping that it's a speedy recovery and then he's back on the court soon. But I would argue that Aaron Holiday should still be getting minutes even when Amin Thompson returns to the lineup. It, again, it, it's it's tough because Ime has been tasked with putting out a winning basketball team, a team that is competitive and winning games, but also tasked with the development of the young guys. And frankly speaking, in a vacuum, if you're trying to win games right now, Aaron Holiday is the better option than Amin Thompson. He just is. Amin Thompson is is way more talented and has the incredible ceiling and all this potential and this, that, and the other thing. He's, he's you know taller, bigger, stronger, whatever, whatever you want to pull, put out there. But Aaron Holiday is the veteran. 
Aaron Holiday understands his role. Aaron Holiday is not going to make rookie mistakes out there on the court. He's not going to have those deer in headlights rookie moments. Uh, and that's why he's the better fit right now. And there's an argument to be made that some of the Rockets performances these last few games are not exclusively because they're running Aaron Holiday instead of Amin Thompson, but having Aaron Holiday out there over Amin Thompson has certainly helped this team in some regards. Now, Amin is a really smart, high IQ guy. He's going to pick things up very, very quickly, and I still want him back out there so that he gets those real-time game reps, but I do think there's a world where you put him back out there with Aaron Holiday, and that's kind of also the reason Cam Whitworth's not getting those minutes. He's a rookie. He's going to make rookie mistakes. It was already really hard having one rookie out there at a, at the at arguably the most important position on the floor as your point guard in Amin Thompson. And we already kind of saw that the Rockets weren't exclusively leaning on Amin Thompson when he was out there, right? He'd have some some possessions where he would run the offense, but then he had other, other possessions where he was playing off ball and Jalen would run the show or Fred would run the show or he'd walk it up and give it to LP immediately to, to handle the offense. Having two rookies out there would have led to a lot of mistakes, a lot of problems, a lot of issues, probably some defensive miscommunications, all that stuff. And that's not exactly things that this team can really afford to deal with right now. So, you know, I'm not trying to, like, get up on a pedestal or, or anything. I get it. Cam's exciting. Rockets fans want to see him play. I get all of that. But him going to the G League is going to be the absolute best thing for his development to round out his game so that when he does come back from being with the Vipers, he's a more well-rounded product. And maybe when he does come back from the Vipers, whether it's midseason, later in the year, whatever, maybe he only spends a month down there, then he'll be better suited to be able to slot into the rotation after learning and, and working on fundamentals and, and cleaning things up in his game. He'll be better suited to potentially crack a spot in the rotation a little bit further down the line. So just wanted to clear that up. Just wanted to share some thoughts on, on why that decision to send Cam down to the Vipers is the, the right one for Cam, at least to me. Uh, but if you disagree, give me your thoughts. If you disagree with that point of view, then, then let me know why in the YouTube comments. But coming up, Alperin Shingun, unfortunately listed as questionable going into the Rockets-Pelicans game Friday. How will the Rockets need to adjust if they don't have Alp in the middle? We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you versus the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, all you have to do is pick more than or less than on two to six players and their stat projections, and then you just watch the winnings roll in. It's that simple. PrizePix is so easy. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They've got quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an annoying enormous selection of players and stat types, which is what it makes it the number one daily fantasy sports app. PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only DFS platform with an injury insurance policy. So if you've been considering getting into daily fantasy sports or wanting to check out a DFS platform, try PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. 
And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's kind of preview this Rockets-Pelicans game a little bit and the fact that Alper and Shingun listed as questionable with that left ankle sprain going into Friday's matchup. Uh, looking doubtful that he'll play. Uh, maybe he makes a last second and maybe he'll be a game time decision and they'll see how he feels. Uh, on the Pelican side of things, they've got a lot of guys that are about to be out. So Jose Alvarado is currently out with a right ankle sprain. Uh, CJ McCollum is out with a right lung. His right lung was collapsed or something like that. Trey Murphy is out with a left knee issue. And then Herbert Jones is questionable with a right fibula contusion. And Zion is questionable for personal reasons. So the Pelicans are decimated by injuries as well. So, it, you know, silver linings here is the Rockets may be without LP, but the Pelicans are about to be without like a third of their roster. So this should still be, I won't say an easy win, but the Rockets should still be favored given how well they're playing, even without Alper and Shingun. Now here's the rub. The numbers without LP are not super encouraging. So when LP is on the floor, Alpi on the court in 215 minutes played. The Rockets have a net rating of plus 13.61. They have an offensive rating of 118.98 and a defensive rating of 105.37. So a, a net rating of 13.61. When LP sits, so 126 minutes when LP is not on the floor. Now consider for a moment that this does include garbage time, so it's not a perfect tool. But... When LP sits, the Rockets' net rating plummets to minus 11.9. Their offensive rating goes down to 105.56, and their defensive rating goes up to 117.46. So their offense gets worse, and their defense gets worse when LP sits. So again, you got to consider some of that is going to be garbage time because the Rockets have actually sufficiently blown out some teams this season, and unfortunately, P-by-P uh, -P stats does not... Uh, or yeah, play-by-play -play stats does not factor out the garbage time, unfortunately. I need to figure out the cleaning the glass method of doing this because I think I'm pretty sure they factor out garbage time. Point is, the team is worse when LP is not on the floor. And that is going to be a serious concern in this game because LP has been the most consistent offensive force for this Rockets team, whether it's him directly creating offense via post-ups or his playmaking, or if it's just him as a screen and roll threat where he screens for Fred or Jalen and rolls hard to the rim and creates that gravity, thereby drawing another defender and kind of opening up those driving lanes, opening up those opportunities for his guards on the perimeter because he's uh, he's a really great screen setter this is going to be a tough matchup for the Rockets without LP and it'll be a big test for them to see can their offense still produce without LP on the floor can Fred step up to the plate and continue to facilitate without having the help of LP out there uh, you know the gravity of LP and also having him out there as a screen setter and the real big question is who would start in place of Alper and Shingun is it just de facto do you just go with Jock Landale in the middle. I think you kind of have to because of Jonas Valanciunas. Like you have to throw size out there. So Jock Landale probably gets the starting nod if if Alpi's not playing. I doubt they go with like Jeff Green again, especially against a, a Jonas Valanciunas type in the middle. That's just a, a beefy, weighty, sizable matchup, and you don't want to subject small ball five Jeff Green to have to guard Jonas Valanciunas for 
large stretches of the game, especially right from the jump. You can get away with it situationally. You can get away with it, especially if you want to play small and send double teams at Valanciunas. But Jock Landale is probably going to be the only active player. Well, Jock and Boban. Those are going to be the only active players on the roster who can guard Valanchunas in single coverage and not get absolutely demolished by his sheer size. So defensively, this is going to be an interesting battle and the Rockets are going to be shorthanded at the five spot. I fully expect them to probably, if, if Alpi's not playing, I fully expect Boban to get some minutes in this game. And it, it, it really shouldn't be like it was during the Silas era where you're like, oh, why is Boban getting minutes? Ime used Boban against the Spurs, and it was actually pretty. Pro- Boban was actually pretty productive in the minutes that he was out there on the floor. Did a good job, kind of covering up the paint a little bit. Got a couple rebounds. Things looked decent. Got a bucket or two offensively. So, I, I could see a world where Ime actually uses Boban, you know, for very short stretches situationally in this matchup against the Pelicans, just to have some additional size out there against Jonas Valanciunas, and. Past that, offensively, it just kind of becomes the big question of where do the Rockets get, you know, how do the Rockets facilitate the basketball offensively? Because not only is Al P a go-to bucket and somebody that you give the ball to and he creates offense, he's a connective tissue piece. Because if you hit Al P in the short roll or, or you know, whether he's, you know, on, on a pocket pass or whatever, he's able to read the court, read the floor and make a read right and kick it out to the open shooter or he's able to post up and draw that second defender and kick it out and get get the defense scrambling to where the Rockets are able to get some high quality open looks and you are missing all of that if he's not out there so the onus is going to be on Fred and Jalen to create a lot of offense in this game if that's the case and we've seen it before when you are solely reliant on perimeter players to generate your offense it can get a little ugly. The reason the Rockets offense has started to look really good, especially these last these last four games during this win streak, is they have a level of inside-out play going through Alper and Shingun. Yes, they still play on the perimeter. Yes, they still have moments where they run pick-and-roll actions and they get Fred or Jalen downhill or they, they get to their drive-and-kick game where somebody breaks down the defense and gets inside and then kicks it out to the next guy. And then that guy drives and kicks and then drive and kick and drive and kick. And Ime Udoka's offense is very drive-and-kick oriented. And thankfully, all the players on the roster have you know really embodied that and understood the assignment as far as you know Dylan will catch the ball, drive, two drives, dribbles, kick to the next guy, Jabari, drive, dribble, two kicks, or, you know, or, you know, two dribbles, pass out to the next guy. And it looks really good doing that. But they haven't exclusively been doing that. They have possessions where they slow it down, where they dump the ball down low to Al P and he, you know, does his post-up magic and, and either gets a bucket himself or forces the second defender. They have different ways to attack a set defense, especially in the half court. And without Alper and Shingun out there, it's going to look a lot worse. So I'm a little honestly concerned going into this game because the Rockets have three very consistent offensive forces on their squad. And one of them hasn't even really been consistent this season uh, in Fred Van Vliet because he's had a couple really big games and he's had a couple not so great games. Uh, he's been he's been very steady as a playmaker, but his playmaking is also going to take a hit without having Alper and Shingun out there as a screener, as, as a grab, you know, his his gravity rolling to the rim, all that stuff. So how do the Rockets handle this? You know, can Fred and Jalen step up to the plate and deliver big offensive performances and, and, and create all the offense for the rest of their teammates? Or 
is this going to be a game where the Rockets offense just looks like it craters without Alper and Shingun out there? It'll be a big test. And there are other matchups that I'm looking forward to. If Zion Williamson plays, uh, watching Dylan Brooks guard Zion is going to be a ton of fun. But if Zion does not play, then Dylan Brooks will be checking Brandon Ingram for sure. And as we already discussed in that first segment, Dylan Brooks has done a fantastic job to this point guarding the opposing team's number one option. So I'm sure that he's that Brandon Ingram is in for a very long night if Dylan Brooks is his primary defender. Maybe this is just a game where the Rockets are going to have to rely heavily on their defense. You know, maybe the offense looks really bad. And they're just going to have to lean heavily on their defensive identity to, to get them through this game. If they can pitch basically a shutout to the Pelicans and just put up enough points on the board, maybe it doesn't look pretty. Maybe it's one of those really ugly muck it out wins, but a win is a win no matter how you get it. So I'm excited to see this game. I hope the Rockets can make it five in a row. It should be a ton of fun. Fingers crossed that Alper and Shingun is able to play, but at the same time, I'd almost rather him just sit this one out. The Pelicans are already decimated by injuries. The Rockets should still be able to win this game without Alper and Shingun, especially if you've got, you know, Zion and Herb Jones sitting out in addition to all the other injuries the Pelicans have. So with that, let Al P get some rest. Let him make sure that ankle is 100% so that he's good to go for Sunday's matchup against Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. So with that, that's going to do it for today's episode. Give me your prediction. Let me know your thoughts on the Rockets-Pelicans matchup in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. But thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.